Want more of the Josh Scanlon podcast? Please. Please. Here you go. The Josh Scanlon podcast starts right now. Fear. Fear. What is it that you're afraid of? And why are you letting that dominate your life? We're going to talk about that here today at the Heritage Wealth Planning YouTube channel. A bit off tangent, I get that, but uh, a guy posted a uh, comment on my videos about, uh, actually, no, I posted, uh, what I did is I cited this Popular Mechanics a new article, a new Matt, new uh, issue that just came out, and I cited the issue where they're saying that... <laughs> Essentially, we're going to all die because of climate change, and we're not going to run out. We're going to run out of food and all that. Um, I, I don't know what's that, but anyway, and he posted a comment, and I and I my comment was, you know, this we've heard this before. Uh, if you ever heard of Thomas Malthus, and they just go on to, uh, oh man, who was it? The uh, there's a guy, this uh, Paul El, El, Elric, Elric, something like that. And this guy posted that it's you know he he wasn't familiar with Malthus first and foremost, but he posted that you know the the climate change is, is literally life-threatening. We're literally are going to die essentially is a comment. And this isn't just about climate change. This is just about how fear permeates uh, just humanity. And, and I want to dive into that a little bit deeper because it bothers me deeply, deeply. Um, and <laughs> there's just, there's no reason to go through your life so fearful. And, and I hate it. I see it by TV. I don't watch TV, but I see it on there. And just like the news reports, like about uh, you know, we have so many people on the right wing worried about Muslims going to blow us up, and we got so many people on the left wing thinking there's a Klanman under Klansman under every bed, and then we got climate change, you know, apocalypticals, and we got uh, you know communist. It's just it's it's crazy. N- never mind the investment industry, the fear mongering from Doctor Doom to you name it. I just. Fear is not good, my friends. Uh, fear will eliminate your ability to make rational choices in your life. Um, one of the things that I find, and I have four kids, is the idea that we can't leave your kids at home when you go to, you know, I don't know when, it, when you're calling us, your kids are sick, and let's say you got to go to work, you're worried about leaving your eight-year-old, nine-year-old kid at home. I mean, for heaven for sakes, when I was eight, nine, and I know I hate to say when I was, when I was, we hear that all the time, we're out in the woods we're jumping off these huge balconies into the water as a boat, as a uh, boat that was taking a you know passenger boat was was swelling. You would turn the rotors to swells, and the swells would drag you in, and it was fun. And I, mean, I look, is that dangerous? Sure, it's sure. But we've gone from that where we're out. Literally, my mom would say, "It's nice to get out." And I said, "Well, I don't want to. Should really get out?" And I said, "What do I do? I don't know. And don't come back into the light. The street lights come on." And you're sitting there thinking, well, that's like 10 hours from now. And you go out in the woods, you find stuff to do. You'd be out there and it's just, you do stuff. You go down the beach, you jump in the swells. If it's in the wintertime, you go, you know, all all kinds of stuff. And uh, I mean, nowadays we came and leave kids at home uh, because we're worried about what exactly? It's just crazy. So worried about your kid being snatched uh, from a predator these things just don't happen that much. I mean, they happen, sure, but the likelihood of it happening to you is so nil. It's just not worth being concerned about. 
the idea that you're going to get killed by a Muslim terrorist is just so nil. It's just not anything to be worried about. The idea that some guy from the NRA, which I am a life member of, by the way, because I believe in civil rights, is going to shoot you up is just so, it's just, there's nothing there. And yet we live, we go through life with these, with fear and, or the idea that climate change, man, I can't tell you how much we've heard about this. I just read an article in the Federalist that talks about climate change and the various apocalyptics that we've had. It's just, if you look at James Hansen in the Senate testimony, I think it's June 6, 1988, uh, Tim Worth, uh, was a senator from Colorado, and they, he did a wonderful thing to uh, to turn off the AC before the Senate committee got together, so everybody's sweating. I mean, the the, the optics were were incredible, actually. All these guys are out there sweating like pigs. It's so hot in 1988 in DC. Is hot. I mean, in June in DC is hot anyway. 1988 happened to be a very uh, warm, uh, June of 1988 happened to be a very warm month too. So now you got Tim Worth, a senator from Colorado, uh, turned off all the air conditioning units for He talks about it. He's somewhat backtracked from that since he's been called out for the shenanigans, but was, the optics were perfect. Got James Hansen from NASA and ASA who had a, uh, who is trying to preach a, uh, a level of doomsday scenario, not unlike a lot of investments guys do. Oh my goodness, we're all going to die. The dollars can be devalued. We all need gold, but it's it's absurd. It's absurd. Anyway, so James Hansen was predicting that back then in, 19, in 1988. And he said we had, what, 10 years to live. And then he had, obviously, Al Gore. And I mean, the whole thing is just silly. They're doing the same thing. The UN is doing the same thing now. But now they're not saying we only have 10 years because they realize, well, in 10 years, we, we'll all be here. We can hold them accountable in that way. So they're saying uh, 20 years, all right, because they think in 20 years we'll all be underwater. and what? It's just silly. I, I, it boggles my mind that people fall for that time and again. It also boggles my mind that people fall for the idea that terrorism, you know, there's a terrorist at every corner. It also boggles my mind that people fall for that there's a predator at every corner. It, it's just there is no validity to that. My wife will say, and rightly so, it might not happen very often, but it does happen to somebody. And I want to make sure that somebody is not me or my kids. I, hey, look, I'm not saying, look, I'm a prepper for heaven's sake. I take precautionary measures to protect against things that could happen, go wrong in your life. For sure. I get that. I'm not saying don't do that. You take precautionary action to make sure if something were to go awry, you have a way around that. All right. So they throw up a wall. You can move around the wall as opposed to having a button in your head and try to get through it. I.e., well, I have a battery bank. I have a solar pan- uh, photovoltaic panels, all that stuff. I got store water. is isn't because I'm worried about North Koreans and the EMP. I mean, that's out there. But it's more because I'm worried about the real thing that can happen, i.e. electricity goes out all the time. The grid goes down for whatever reason. Uh, and, and there are reasons to be concerned about various terrorist activity, various you know people. I mean, if you live, I hate to say it, but if you're a black boy in, in an urban area, you have a different perspective than we white people out in the suburbs do. There's all there is to it. It, it, it bothers me deeply that no one seems to care, frankly. Um, I just I find it just infuriating to me that we have all this talent down here in these cities in, in, in Atlanta, Chicago, D.C. D.C., I'm not sure so much anymore. When I got the Army, I do. I had to, uh, one of my jobs was we'd take uh, cigarettes uh, around, and I had these two black uh, ladies that I esc- not escorted. It sounds like it's a por- uh, uh, porn thing. It wasn't, but they were just, you know, they were the uh, – <laughs> They were the look. I mean, they looked good. And so they drew attention. 
and we go to these bars and we go to ones out in Manassas, Virginia and DC. And you know, I was a white guy with these two very good, attractive black ladies. And we go all these different places giving out cigarettes. Campbell's, I think it was Campbell's, uh, it wasn't Marbles, it was Campbell's for the, uh, uh, the redneck bars out in Manassas and Newport's for the uh, urban areas of hip hop places. And, uh, and so we go around there and just uh, the stories you, you get, you just see these as uh, just as horrible. I mean, just, I, it breaks your heart. The stories you hear about these kids, these urban black kids. And, uh, and like, I'm a white kid. I'm a poor white kid from Maine. I have no idea what's growing up as a black boy in the inner city. I have no idea. I just, my heart bleeds because I have a sneaky suspicion. Many of these boys uh, have dyslexia, reading capability issues, and there's no one there to help them uh, and, and to guide them the right direction. And so they don't look at education as the way out. They look at other things the way out because inherently, if you have reading issues and, and school is not a favorable thing for you, you hate it to begin with. You'll do anything you can to get out, especially as a young man. I just, it kills me. And so, but those people are at risk. There's no getting around that. Those young black men and boys in these urban areas are at risk a whole lot more so than you are if you're living out in the suburbs and you're, uh, don't have as much mel melatonin, whatever it's called, not melatonin, melanin. If you're on the suburbs, the likelihood of you having crime uh, affect you is minimal at best. It is. It's just, I mean, look, you can read the FBI data, my friends, and the data is so explicit if you are out in the suburbs in a more moderately, not even a fluent area, but just a not a poor area, the likelihood of just common criminal crime happening to you is so small, it's not worth even thinking about. It. If you want to carry a firearm, I'm all for that. CCW, by all means, I'm 100% in favor of the rights to carry and bear arms for sure, because it is a way to defend yourself without question. Uh, but don't do it because you're living in fear and you're out here in you know North Fulton County and most affluent part of Georgia. Like, oh, my goodness, there's someone out there to get me. It's simply not true. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Does it happen to somebody? Yes, it does. Does somebody get hit by lightning? Yes, it does. Absolutely. There are different areas uh, you should be concerned with. If you're a black kid growing up in Chicago, uh, then you have a different perspective than a white kid growing up in the suburbs of North Fulton County. It's just all there is to it. And if you're an adult growing and you're living in the suburbs of North Fulton County, you have a whole different perspective than if you're a single mom trying to raise your two kids in Chicago or Washington, D.C. or Atlanta. That's a fact. If you if if you are going to a show, a concert, and you're worried about being killed by terrorists, uh, in particular terrorist Muslims, uh, there's you just there's you are wasting your energy and your time on this fear because there is just will it happen? Sure, absolutely. Will it happen to you? No, it's not. If you're driving your car or and you're so afraid of being in a car accident, will it happen to you? Nope. Could have happened to you? Sure. I was just talking to a guy yesterday who got uh, who's cannot walk anymore. He's got a spinal injury because of being rear-ended. This stuff does happen. Absolutely. It does happen to somebody. Will it happen to you specifically? Not very likely. It's just not. Not enough where you need to live your life in fear. Will the markets fall? Like in 1917 in Russia, where the communists took over and you no longer have any income uh, because they took all your, they, I mean, they basically confiscated your property. Uh, it could, it will. Venezuela is a perfect example of that. Will it happen to you specifically? Not really. I mean, and look, I thought I the communism is one of the is is probably my biggest fear. It's not even a fear so much. It's a uh, the scourge of humanity is communism. I hate it with a passion. 
I despise those who follow it. Those people with the stupid Che Guevara shirts on. I, I can, I, I'm not going to say I hate them because I am a follower of Jesus. I, but they, they annoy me to no end because I don't know the damage they've done uh, to innocent people all over the world. The likelihood of a communist taking over the likely of the United States is quite small. Now, that doesn't mean we can't get killed by a thousand cups, the cuts, i.e. the Roman Empire. But to sit there and say, I'm going to get you know, my 50 cows up and everything because I'm going to fight against a communist insurgency, it's not going to happen. It's just not. Again, that doesn't mean get prepared for things. It doesn't mean at the end of the day, you shouldn't prepare for, you know, Apple, Apple, Apoptic politic, whatever it is, <laughs> dystopia, or whatever. I'm not, but you should be more prepared about other things. Yeah, it's just the, the other things are you're going to have a flat tire. The other things are that you're going to be sick uh, because of whatever. But just this fear, the fear of the news driving you insane. Like, oh my goodness, someone's out to get me. Someone, no one's out to get you. There's no one out to get you. No one cares about you. The only people that care about you is you and your family. I, I just, this is what I tell my kids all the time. They're also worried about the way I said, look, I get that. I mean, everyone's worried about it, but one of the things about being an adult is you realize that no one cares. People care about themselves. Do you know the best way to make friends? You know how it is? Is not to tell them about how cool you are. It's to ask them about them. Did you know that? What do people like to hear more than anything? They like to hear their own name being said. They like to hear their name being said because their name is everything to them. They like to tell their story. They don't want to hear yours as much as they want to hear their own, share their own. I'm telling you right now, people care about themselves. There's no one out there looking to get you. And this is all my friends on the left, too. They're, I'm telling you right now, there's not a bunch of Ku Klux Klan men sitting out here burning crosses in the middle of you know suburbia. It's not happening. There's not a bunch of Trump supporters who got Nazi memorabilia and is ready to freaking rage on the what's it the uh i forgot what the german war mocked or what it's just it's not there it, it to think it is is silly there's not a bunch of military veterans with ar-15s and ar does not sound for stand for automatic rifle by the way Ugh. there's not a bunch of military veterans out there ready to start firing up churches and synagogues it's just not out there it's just not there there's not a bunch of traders in the stock market looking to destroy the stock market to rob you of your value so you can go back to work as a slave or it's just it's not there. I just it's not. These things don't happen. There is not remind you again, there is not a climate catastrophe right now. There is not. How do we know that? Because people are still flying all over the world every single day. I just read today. Then 2000, in October 2018, Bernie Sanders had $300,000 he paid for private jets to fly all over the country to ca uh, campaign for his lefty supporters. If he truly thought that we're, climate change was apolitic, I, I can't even say that word anymore, whatever, was going to kill us all, he would not be doing that. Now, his, his campaign said, well, we bought carbon tax credits. Okay, did you not put the carbon in the atmosphere? Carbon is a CO2. It's not as bad as methane, by the way, but it's a greenhouse gas. I mean, it's a greenhouse gas, GHG. CO2 is a greenhouse gas. So by Bernie Sanders' campaign, taking a private jet, mind you, and flying all over the country, $300,000, uh, it cost them $300,000. That, my friends, 
is uh, is not someone who's concerned about CO2 destroying the earth. It's just not. We have carbon credit offsets. Hey, I'm not sure I believe that, but even if it did, you still put the carbon in the atmosphere and you're supposed to be hating against it. And the hypocrisy of that drives me up the wall. But yet there they are. Climate change is the biggest concern we have. No, it's not. It's not the biggest concern we have. Obesity is one of the biggest concerns we have for sure. The crap we've been putting in our food for many, many years. We, we, uh, we just don't know how bad it is. We don't, but we're seeing it right now. That's a big concern we have. Should you not eat? No. Maybe you should revisit your, uh, your menu, though. All right. That's what you should do. Stop the fear. Stop saying, ah, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. When it comes to retirement planning, stop this like, I can't retire, I can't retire. If it's killing you, then you get to find a different way to do your job. And that means maybe quitting that crappy old job and saying, I'm going to quit this crappy old job. I'm going to go find something closer and closer to me that maybe I don't get paid as much, but because I have no debt, I can afford it. I'll be happier and I'll maybe lose 10 pounds as well to avoid that premature heart attack that's going to take me out before I had a good chance to go and uh, spend some quality time with my wife while I'm working. You know what? Something you should be fear of getting on that ladder and going up on top of your roof to clear out your gutters. That's something you should be fearful. Don't do that. Don't do that. Hire somebody to do that or doggone, make sure you got a safety line or something to do that for you. You should be fearful of that. You should not be fearful of someone shooting you on the on the, on the the road. That, no reason to be fearful of that. You should not be fearful going to Atlanta a Hawks game that some guy's going to blow up the whole place. No fear. You shouldn't be fearful of that. Yes. Should you be take precautions? Yes. Here's what I tell my kids. Stay off the road at night. Who's on the road at night? Drunks and cops. That's it. Nothing good happens at three o'clock in the morning. Stay off the road at night. Drunks and cops. That's all you're going to find. And criminals. Criminals operate in the dark. Where do criminals like to operate? The, the path of least resistance. Criminals are rational human beings. They're going to operate in the path of least resistance. They actually had a study. I forgot who did it. But they did so like they looked at some uh, crime in Las Vegas and they said every place that had a dog got exempted from the crime. Uh, if you didn't have a dog, you got hit. If you had a dog or something like that, the numbers were astounding, though. If you had a dog, you got exempted. If you got didn't have a dog, you got were target. And the reason for that is criminals are rational, for sure. They go the path of least resistance, like water going downhill. It goes the path of least resistance. That's just how it works, my friends. So if you would, I know it's a rant. Stop being so doggone fearful. You know how wonderful we have it. I just, it's so great to live in U.S. today. I mean, are people insane on Twitter? Yes, well, get off Twitter. I'm not on Twitter because I don't want to deal with the insane people. Do people get insane on Facebook? Yes, and I hate, hate to say that. I probably did that a couple times myself, and I probably will again. I don't cuss or anything, but just saying stuff I, I just I'm not proud of. I try not to do that. So I try. But Facebook has actually been pretty good to me, connecting me to people I don't know. All right. So lastly, if you're a Christian, all right, the best thing about being a Christian, this is for you Christians. And I don't know how my Muslim brothers and my Jewish brothers in terms of monotheistic uh, religion, but as a, a believer in the Trinity, God, the Holy Ghost and Jesus, the son, um, we, we, if you're a Christian, you have an obligation to be happy, to be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? To not worry so much, not live in fear. Why? Because Jesus died for your sins, my friends. He died for your sins and he rose from the dead in which it liberates you to be able to go to heaven as long as you do two things. You confess 
and you ask for forgiveness. You ask for forgiveness and you confess and you believe in God. Well, I guess three. It's two things, essentially. You say, I believe and I confess and I ask. So confessing and asking is the same thing and believing in God. And so as a Christian, you have an obligation to avoid fear, to avoid panic, because that's simply saying you're saying if you're in panic and fear mode all the time, you're inherently telling God that you don't believe he has a power to, le to let you live. And the, I, the irony of it all, or to take care of it, I should say, the irony of it all when it comes to God is, is that if you look at Peter, now I remember Peter, right? What did he do when Jesus was being persecuted? They said, Peter, Peter, you know that guy. He said, no. He said, Peter, Peter, you know that guy. He said, no. This is when Jesus was being strung up. And then some girl came up to him and said, Peter, Peter, you know that guy. And Peter said, no, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Jesus saw that happen. And Jesus said, Peter, you'll deny me three times. And so Peter denied Jesus three times because he was scared, man. He was scared. He said, oh, my God, I can't be associated with Jesus because they'll string me up, too. Now, <laughs> uh, this doesn't bring a tear to you. I don't know what will. How did Peter die? He went to proclaim the word in the mouth of the beast and the belly of the beast. And he got strung up upside down, crucified upside down. The same guy who denied Jesus Christ, he did not want to be associated with his name because he's worried about it. That same dude got strung up upside down, gladly, gladly got crucified because he knew he saw a risen Jesus. And he said, I should not have no fear. There's nothing to be afraid of because Jesus solved everything. Ah, man, there's a book and I'll put a link to the show. I haven't read it for a while, but it's called Lazarus laughed Lazarus, Lazarus, who Jesus raised from the dead. Lazarus laughed. If you truly believe now, trust me, I don't, <laughs> I have fear all the time. And, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking heart, uh, uh, heartburn the other day. I was like, oh, could this be it for me? Because it's heartburn. I was and I had eaten some bad uh, I, curry. Does not I can't eat Indian food. Curry doesn't sit with me. And this wasn't Indian food, but I think there's some curry in the spices. And man, that just ooh, but a heartburn. It kind of scared me. I'm not gonna lie. It's like, uh, and I just thought out loud. I said, well, I thought loud. I sure I'm not gonna share with my wife to scare her. But it's like sitting there thinking, if it happens, I know we got life insurance. I know my wife is good in that regard. I know we have. Uh, you know, we're home. I know we got the kids. I know I have pretty much everything I could possibly think of under control. Um, we got bills on automatic pilot to pay the bills. Um, I can't think of anything else I could have possibly done differently to prepare her for what could be. I got everything beneficiary designations. I can't really think of anything else I could have done financially to prepare her if I am, don't wake up. Obviously, I'm here to do this thing. But, but anyway, Lazarus Lazarus laughed. That's a book. And I'll, I'll, you know, link to it when you think about it. So let's just say you die and you come back from the dead because you're called by Jesus or the, or God, you know, God says, Josh, you know, you died, but I'm going to bring you back to bear witness to what happened. <laughs> Do you really think after that you're going to be worried about a Klansman who's on Donald Trump's campaign, a Muslim who's walking down this Metro, you know, with a big backpack, it's just <laughs> climate change, Al Gore saying we're all going to die. And what was it? It was 
10 years ago, 15 years ago. Now he's saying, well, who knows? You really think you're going to worry about that? An EMP attack that is going to affect you? Not in this simple. I mean, this, what we are here on earth, let's just say 80 years is so small relative to the, the eternal. Again, this is for Christians. I don't know how other people deal with it. I don't, I don't know how an atheist deals with it. I don't know. But if you're an atheist, you should even have less worried about it because you're like, at the end of the day, you even have to make sure God, you're you're one with God. You just say it's over. I mean, it's scary. It's uh, it's not very happy. I mean, that's not a happy place. Like just laying in the ground, letting the worms eat you alive. But at least you'll be good. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, oh man, at least it'll be good for the soil. Let's put it that way. You'll be a good compost. But as a Christian, you sit there and say, well, as long as I'm one with God and how you become one with God is confess your sins and acknowledge God's existence um, is, you know, that's it. Ask for forgiveness, not just confess, but ask for forgiveness. But you ask for forgiveness and acknowledge God's there. Um, but if you truly believe that and you truly believe you will be with God for the eternal and you can't, we can't even fathom that as human beings, the eternal, literally for the rest of the ever. I mean, it's insane to think about it, for the rest of just it, it will never stop and joy and happiness forever uh, what would i mean think about how small your 80 years on this earth is relative to that think about how if you were to have come back and lay witness say look man i got a car crash but i'm okay and look i look man i i am i am too can get frustrated get annoyed get angry i don't please don't say oh i'm preaching i'm just not i'm just saying i know it's tough but lazarus lazarus laughed he said okay <laughs> i don't care doesn't matter literally doesn't matter in the overall scheme of things it's 80 years on earth it doesn't matter what matters though is are you making your time on earth more comfortable for those afflicted <sighs> and i don't i know that for a fact i'm man i wish i could be better at it for sure hey, hey, hey. it's tough because you're like i need it for me well jesus took the he took the arrows he took it for me and what am i doing with that gift you know, i'm taking care of me first which is sad i get that you're probably doing the same but are you taking care of it out of fear? Like you better hoard this because you're worried that somehow, you know, Kim Jong-il is going to nuke us or, you know, the hordes are coming, the barbarians at the gate or, I mean, are you, I don't know. I don't know. But are you worried about, oh, I got to protect. Let me give you a story. This, I'll never forget this. This is back to financial planning. It actually saddens me deeply. So I had these people up in New Jersey um, and that man was raised in Camden, New Jersey. If you know anything about Camden, New Jersey, it's, it's not a good place now. But back then it was like Polish immigrants and whatnot, a working place. And, uh, you know, and, and, and long story short, this guy saw his parents suffer through the depression. Um, you know, Polish immigrants that came literally from Poland. I think they're were they Polish Jews. I don't remember. But anyway, long story short, they're raised. He was raised in Camden and they moved over once he got a, a you know, a job to Cherry Hill or someplace in New Jersey, suburban Philadelphia. And, uh, and I'll never forget this guy because uh, they had a nice pile of money. I think she was maybe a principal or an assistant principal in public schools in New Jersey. So I had a good pension. Uh, they're not run out of money. Um, in New Jersey back then, I don't know what it is now. The estate tax for the state of New Jersey was through the roof. I mean, it was, you had six hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. Anything above that is getting hammered from the state of New Jersey. 
And then on top, there's an inheritance tax too. Never mind the income tax for deferred accounts. Well, anyway, so uh, I, I never forget. Like, so I think she might have been eight years is younger. Um, uh, but we're talking, just getting the nice, wonderful, salt of the earth people. You'd never know they had a couple million bucks. But um, she, uh, she was, she wanted to buy some shoes, just like a ninety dollar pair of shoes, and uh, and she had just retired, and she was going to kind of reward herself, and and she had a kind of um, was squirrelless about it because he was going to be nervous about that money going out the door. Um, and it was sad. And I just sat and he goes, look, you know, he, he told me, he goes, you don't understand Josh, where I grew up and how I was raised, you know, we, we couldn't spend $90 on a pair of shoes. Uh, cause they came, he you know, saw what it was like in the great depression for his Polish immigrant parents. And, and man, I get that. I absolutely, I, I empathize, emphasize with that, but that's not you anymore. It's just not, that doesn't mean it can't be you, but you can't live as if that, is coming. You can prepare yourself if it were to come. And as I said a million times, paying down your debt, having a secure cash flow coming in, having water reserved on the side, some drive, you know, canned food and whatnot. But you can't go through life for the rest of your life thinking the Great Depression is going to happen again, or the Soviets are at the, you know, the barbarians are at the, you just can't. You got to be able to buy a pair of $90 shoes because you have it. Because if you're that fearful, you're not going to do what God put you on this world to do, which is to advance the cause of God's love. And to do that is you have to be willing to give. Givers gain. You got to give. That means money. Sure, it means your time, but it means a smile. And you, it's hard to smile when you're always in fear. If you're always walking, seeing some guy walking next to you, and you're thinking he's always out to get you, how do you smile at him? How do you engage that person? How do you address him? I, I don't know. Because you're worried about him. You're worried that he's going to take what's yours. Now, you can be naive, you know, go into a, a, a drug addiction slum and say, here's money. And I mean, that's that wouldn't be smart. And it's always tough. I tell my kids all the time when we get hit by we're in Atlanta, my daughter and I got hit by four or five you know, guys trying to take it. And we, I don't give anything. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, should you? I, I don't. I've, I've just I've stopped. I mean, a long time ago, I, probably when I first moved to D.C., I did. But now I know not to do that which is sad because I know as a Christian, I'm supposed to give to those in need, but I, you just, you can't, you can't help it. Even Jesus says there'll always be poor. The poor will always be with us. So I just don't, but I'll never forget. We're in Philadelphia one time and uh, I can't remember who it was. One of my kids said, you know, there's a bum there. And he said, why don't we give him money? You know, I, I said, yes, you can't, you just can't give money to everybody who asks. You can't, which is sad because this goes against helping people. But at some point, you got to say, look, you just can't do it. Anyway, so long story short, but like this guy, and I'm not holding him accountable for not giving, but just his wife wanted to buy 90 pair of dollar shoes because she's getting ready to retire from 30-year career as a public school teacher. Maybe a pri- I think she taught in a Catholic school or something like that. And uh, and he got real upset. Not upset. He wasn't yelling, but he he just it made it not a very pleasant experience for her. And, uh, and that was sad. That, uh, that was sad. And I said, man, and I know when I left, he, I mean, he was comfortable with me and he liked me but i know he didn't say you're right honey josh is right he told me and i'll let you i i'm, I'm sure he let her buy those 90 pair 90 dollar pair of shoes uh just because i said it was okay but i guarantee you the next time she wants to buy you know a 30 dollar pair of shoes he's gonna be like remember you bought the 90 dollar pair of shoes just because he has so ingrained in him the fear of what could happen from you know 70 years previously what he saw his parents go through it's sad. Don't be that. And again, that doesn't mean you be naive. You don't like cigars, $100 bills, but be happy. 
Enjoy what you have. Be accommodating. Givers gain. Give hope. If you can't give money, give hope. And you can't give hope if you're always living in fear that the world is coming to an end right in front of your very eyes. You just you can't do that. Stop it. Fear is no good. It's no good. Should you be fearful if you have $100,000 in your retirement account and you need $50,000 a year to live on and you only get $20,000 from Social Security? Yeah. Uh, but fearful is not going to do anything there. And you got to come up to reality and say, look, we're going to run out of money in two years if we don't do something. There you got to change tax. Fear should not paralyze you. It should make you act. But go back to climate change, people. If you're fearful of climate change, you should not be hopping on a plane. Planes are huge CO2 emitters, without question. And heaven forbid, if the IRC, you want to ski do a water uh, water ski thing, if you're on one of them suckers and you're worried about CO2, uh, something's gone wrong in your level of thinking, that's for sure. Fear should not dictate your life. Let's just put it that way. And if it is dictating your life, then if you're truly fearful of running out of money and things of that nature, if you're truly fearful of, you know, Muslim terrorist, if you're truly fearful of um, CO2 carnage eating us all alive, if you're truly fearful of you know Donald Trump's Klansman supporters, I, I would just ask you, uh, let's, let's, let's revisit this. Uh, there's something else at stake there. It's something more than just you're fearful. There, there's some hidden thing that's you got to deal with because these things are simply not going to happen. Uh, Donald Trump doesn't have a Klan army. The Muslims aren't going to bomb and terrorize you. No one's going to get your kid off the sidewalk and take him and molest him. Uh, you're not going to get hit by lightning. Uh, what else? The, the world isn't going to come to end because of CO2. It's just not. And just will somebody be hit? I said this. Will some kid be molested? Yes. Will somebody be hit by lightning? Yes. Will someone run out of money because of bad stock investments? Yes. All these things will happen to somebody. It's just not you. It's just not you. All right. Well, that's all my ramping here today. I uh, avoid the fear, my friends. You've got so much, so much to be grateful for. So much. Uh, I hope you are. I am. I take it for granted. I take it for granted. I wish I didn't. I got four healthy kids. Got a beautiful wife who loves me. I live in America. I got my all my extremities or whatever they're called. I'm healthy. 48 years old. Man, I'm just, I'm grateful for what I have. And yet I know for a fact I'm not grateful enough. Lazarus, Lazarus, why I keep saying Lazarus? Lazarus, Lazarus laughed. Lazarus laughed. If you can remember that, if you truly believe in the eternal, you don't need to worry about here now. You don't. Again, it doesn't mean don't take precautions. It just means stop living in fear. Remember Peter, the guy who was scared to admit to knowing Jesus. That same guy, that same guy gave his life gladly. Gladly. To preach the word of the guy that not too long ago before he was uh, denying his existence. He denied him. Then he died for him. Why would somebody do that? Because he saw the risen Jesus. There's no other way around it. He saw with his own eyes. Uh, he saw with his own eyes. And he said, 
Lazarus. He said, man, I just got back from the dead. That place is great because I'm with God for eternity. This right here, give it to me, brother. I can handle it. I love you guys. Anyway, hang in there. Hang in there. Be happy. Be grateful. Get on your knees if you're a Christian and give thanks and say, God, please help guide me because I need it right now. I'm telling you, I need it every day myself. All right, we'll see you later.